0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today, I'm pleased to have on as our guest, Carol Bartels, MFT. Carol provides therapy to adults, and her specialties include trauma and climate distress. After a 20-year career in higher education, Carol obtained her license as a marriage and family therapist and trained at the Los Angeles LGBT Center and then at the DBT Center of the South Bay. As a private practitioner, she now enjoys doing ecotherapy to help clients find strength and inspiration in nature. A love for our planet and a deep commitment to social justice guides all of her work. Today, we talk about her approach to treating climate distress and how she incorporates ecotherapy into her work with clients. Welcome, Carol.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here.
0: So you are a climate anxiety and ecotherapy specialist, and we've never had someone on our podcast that has a specialty, but I think it's a really important emerging field that I think is only going to become more and more important over time.
1: Well, I think so, too. And it is a field that's kind of in in its infancy in ways. And so just orienting people to what this is all about is is really important. So I like to say that the issue I treat is climate distress Mm -hmm. and the modality I'm using is eco-psychology. So basically with with climate distress, a lot of people also hear the term eco-anxiety or use that term. And I like the broader term of climate distress because anxiety isn't the only emotion that people are feeling around this. There's such a constellation of of emotions. Um, There is the anxiety of what's going to happen to us. There's also a lot of guilt and shame in our contribution to what's going on in the world, anger, grief, helplessness. There's just such a lot to the emotions to it. And I think it also really needs to be acknowledged how much there's sort of the societal gaslighting around these emotions, because when people are feeling this way, so often the response is either the extreme of climate change is a hoax to just, oh, you're just so sensitive, you you know, it's not going to be that bad. And so a lot of people have these intense feelings and there's nowhere to go with them, really. So in treating it, I really like to work with honoring those feelings of letting people know they're not alone in feeling them. And also not to pathologize these feelings because it's very real what's happening. And these emotions are legitimate responses to what's going on in our world So really working on honoring those feelings because those feelings can be the fuel for for actually doing something and making some change and feeling better about being on this planet at this time. So I work with those feelings. It's also really the idea of kind of choosing the narrative you want to participate in. So Joanna Macy, who's one of the, the, the great theorists in this field, talks about the three stories you can participate in. And one is just the business as usual, like, oh. Climate change not a big deal. Technology will fix it, and we can just carry on. and And then the other is the great unraveling, sort of the doom and gloom of it's all over, it's too late. We're we're not doing what has to happen, and there's going to be the big apocalypse coming. And then there's the story of the great turning, which is really digging down and finding a collective way of living differently on this planet. Not to say that at this point in time we can avoid calamity, because calamities are coming, but we can find a new way to live on this planet that can give us hope. So choosing what narrative you want to participate in is important. But also people, when thinking that way, a lot of people think that they have to become an activist, or they have to become a scientist, or, you know, but so really focusing in on what are your skills and talents and What is it that you want to do in this world that you can do with this climate awareness? We're still going to need teachers and healers and artists, and we we still need our society to function in the way that human societies do. But how can we make what we do better for the planet and have a, a, a bigger environmental awareness behind it? And community building is an important part of this. It's very hard to get through these feelings and feel like you're doing anything valuable if you're not connected to other people doing the same. So that's really important. So I like to take all of this together and use eco psychology as a way of kind of getting into it. And so eco psychology, that's really about deepening our connection to nature So there's a lot of research out there about how exposure to nature improves our mental health. And it's shown to increase cognitive functioning and emotion regulation and our mood in general. But eco-psychology goes a step deeper than just exposure to nature about really how do we develop a true relationship to nature? How do we feel that we are connected to the systems that nature is all about? So that's where ecotherapy can really come in handy in getting people away from maybe their shutdown mode that they've gotten into because all of these problems are so overwhelming or just not not quite knowing how to, to experience nature on a deeper level.
0: Yeah. And I I think what you're talking about, too, is this idea of there are two different things, but they overlap in terms of how to live in the moment, Mm -hmm. but then also how to live in a moment where you can tolerate uncertainty about the future. Yes. Yes.
1: Tolerating that uncertainty is a really big, important part of it. For sure.
0: Yeah. Right. So eco therapy. I mean, I think of it as kind of a mindfulness exercise to be in nature, but I guess that also spills into kind of this idea that it decreases anxiety about the future in order to be filled by it now. Yes,
1: yes. And it goes both ways. So so nature can be our healer and make us be able to tolerate these overwhelming emotions and, and that connection can be soothing and bring us a lot of resilience. But also the more deeply connected to nature we are, the more we just keep falling in love with nature over and over again, the more energy we have to do the work to to combat climate change. So it's that reciprocal relationship, which is at the heart of being connected to nature is the the reciprocity and, and being a part of the system. Yeah.
0: As you were talking, I was trying to think about parallels to experience that I've had working with cancer patients. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it because a lot of the work I do and have done with cancer patients is about tolerating an uncertain future in terms of their health. Right. And when you were talking, I was thinking, okay, but that's a little bit different because I mean climate anxiety is different on many different levels and climate distress, but it's this idea that but I could be doing something in the moment to make it better. Right. Mm -hmm. But then it also made me think about with patients that I dealt with who are oncology patients, there's always this thought of what else can I do to kind of increase my chances of survival. Right. So I guess in some ways I was making disconnections and connections about kind of that group of people in terms of thinking about what the future is going to look like for them.
1: Yeah. And balancing the acceptance and the action part of it, that's so much a part of this work is there are things we just have to accept and there are things that we can still do something about.
0: Right. So I'm curious how you got into this field. What drew you to this specific part of psychology and therapy?
1: Well, nature has always been my resource. It's always been my my teacher and my therapist. And even as a little kid, you know, I, I would have my favorite spot under a forsythia bush, which was my my place to go when I was distressed and and just feel comforted and and held in that space. So, nature gardening is a big thing for me. Just anything to do with nature just brings me so much strength and resilience and and hope. So that's been going on in the background for as long as I can remember in my life. And as a therapist, I came from a background where I was a dialectical behavior therapist for a long time. So a very, very manualized treatment that's so uh, structured and it never fit. And so I think I started when I was hearing more and more people commenting on distress about climate change and feeling it myself. It started occurring to me that these things really belong together. And then I started realizing I'm not the only one thinking that way, that there are other people out there who have brought together psychology and environmental awareness. So, yeah, I just kind of came about it. I, I really started working on my own climate distress first and trying to figure out how to be on this planet with these overwhelming feelings and uncertainty so working on that for myself and finding things that work for me reading tons and tons of books initially of ecopsychologists and theorists in this area so it occurred to me that there's just so much overlap and I have a strong background in mindfulness I also have a lot of training in family systems and internal family systems and systems theory is very essential to ecopsychology so I just started realizing this is all wrapping together in in a perfect bundle that brings out my skills and my concerns and interests as well.
0: I also am thinking about so if an individual is kind of thinking about anxieties and discomfort centered around the climate and the state of just kind of the future of nature and the world, I guess one question I have is why it might be important to see someone who does have this specialty versus just a generalist?
1: Mm -hmm. That's an excellent question. And for one thing, there is this gaslighting going on. I mean, I get clients who say, you know, I love my last therapist, but she didn't really believe in climate change. or She didn't really think that these feelings were real or that I was responding in an appropriate way to what's going on in the world. So just the climate awareness alone is important to start with. But I also think it's very possible to work on anxiety with the the conventional tools of anxiety and miss the fact that we can't just treat the symptoms here. The anxiety is not just going to go away with some mindfulness techniques or other things of that sort because the news keeps coming about the climate change and the realities of that. So as we keep getting exposed over and over again to these issues, I think having someone who's really trained in understanding those issues, understanding that sense of connection, both to the environment and to other people and organizations is really essential. There's just more to it than treating the symptoms that present.
0: I think of it as digesting the information instead of pushing it away.
1: Yes. Yes. It's a great analogy.
0: Yeah. So if someone's interested in finding a therapist or psychologist that specializes in eco distress or ecotherapy, where would they look?
1: The Climate Psychology Alliance is a great place to look. They do have a therapist finder in there. So I would say that that's a, a fabulous place to begin. And Googling therapy, and environmental issues. Unfortunately, at this point, this field is so new that you can't go to like psychology today and check the box for ecotherapist and get any results because there is no box for ecotherapist. So it can take a little bit more digging and looking in your area. But I think that the Climate Psychology Alliance is a great place to begin.
0: And we'll make sure we have that on the episode description. So if the listener wants to check that out, they know where to look. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you being on and informing me and the audience about climate anxiety, eco-anxiety, climate distress. As I said in the beginning, I think the need for this type of treatment is only going to grow. And so it's so exciting to see and talk about it right now and get a sense of what's out there in terms of resources for, for people. I so appreciate the time to spread the news. Yeah. Uh, well, before we say goodbye, any last words, anything you want to leave the audience with? Just that anybody
1: who's interested in training in this work, it's very interdisciplinary. So people who train in eco-psychology aren't necessarily mental health people. And there's a lot of community activists and whatnot. So there are trainings out there for people who are interested A couple that I think are really good are the Eco-Psychology Initiative and the Earth Body Institute. Those are a couple good ones, but it's out there to be found.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate you being on. Thank you. This has been Mind Stories with me, Josephine McNary of Cal Psychiatry. With online psychiatry in California and 13 offices throughout Southern California and the Bay Area. Cal Psychiatry specializes in medication management, ADHD, anxiety disorders, alternative therapies, women's mental health, and more. Visit us at calpsychiatry.com and let us help you get back to your true self. Thanks for listening to Mind Stories, and don't forget to subscribe.